Okay, so Be'ezras Hashem, we are back with our weekly shear on the Torah of the Goyen and the Tzaddik, Rabbi Yitzhak Maya Morgan Stern Shlita, uh, entering the Sea of Wisdom after a few weeks hiatus. In our Tisrael and Be'ezras Hashem, we're going to get started again. So this is an idea. The idea we're going to focus on is an idea that the Rebbe spends not all the time on, but nearly, I believe, in every, every chilek of the Torah of the Rebbe, in the Torah of the Tzadikim, this Nakuda is found. And this is going to be the question of Tainug Tmidi Eno Tainug, of what the Baal Shem Tov taught us, that perpetual pleasure is not pleasurable, right? That something that is stagnant, something that remains in its ever-present state of unity, eventually loses the novelty of unity and it grows boring. As the Baal Shem Tov sourced, really in Mar Nevuchim, that Tainug comes from his Chadshus, Tainug comes from the transition from a previous state into another state. And therefore, if there's no transition between one state to another, so then what we find is that this perpetual pleasure loses the shame of pleasure, and it becomes the status quo when a person loses their excitement over it. So the whole Torah of the Rebbe is coming to answer the question on a certain level of how could it be that we can have perpetual pleasure without any descent, yet at the same point have the have that movement that creates novelty and creativity within the ever-present nature of pleasure. Because yichud, or the ever-present nature of pleasure, is the lot that we're aiming for and what's going to be revealed in the future. There's not going to be any descent away from unity, theoretically, into disunity. And then the question remains, so what's going to happen about this klal gadol that perpetual unity grows boring? So we can't say that we're going to descend away from the unity and the pleasure because those yuridos, those degradations, are no longer going to be available. Everything is going to be revealed to be part and parcel of the infinite. So the Rebbe has to craft a very delicate balance, an almost impossible paradox in which one is consistently and constantly in a state of unbridled pleasure associated with the simple faith in the unity of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, yet at the very same moment within that perpetual unity where everything is light, there is still going to be an inclusion of that which appears to be the opposite of light, yet the opposition towards light cannot actually be an opposition towards light because in this place of unity, there is no disunity. So somehow some way within unity itself, there has to be this aspect of apparent disunity that allows us to descend away and then return back up to the pleasure, thereby renewing the pleasure within itself. So the paradox at the heart of what the Rebbe is going to say to us is how do we grab hold of the benefits of Yerida, of descent, which creates novelty in a realm where there is no longer any descent and any disunity. And here's where the Rebbe is going to teach us the power of opposites and how even when things reach their highest level, there is always Always going to be a memory or a remembrance of the descent away from pleasure, the descent away from unity, so that we can perpetually renew ourselves as well. Ubir Marenu, Sha'af Shalukhairanira Shah Shefa Hagadul the parts of Hazmanim who Godul Yoiter. Mikol Mokom Lamaisa on Yoidim Shakadusha Shabbos Kaidish Kavoya Mikdusha Sorishashana. So the Rebbe is riffing, is basing himself off of a chakira or a split in the rashash in terms of particular forms of kavanos. And the kavanos, this is obviously rooted in shara kavanos, but there is parts of hayamim and parts of hazmanim. Parts of hayamim is the regular kavanos that a person goes through during the seven days of the week in Shabbos, including Rosh Chodesh. Parts of hazmanim is the particular calendar of events of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Pesach, Shavuos, 
Shmini Atzeres, and the difference in these Kavanos are that the regular Kavanos are compared by Rav Chaim Vital in Shara Kavanos, as well as the Rashash. This parts of Hayyamim, the regular, is referred to as Tipin Tipin Yardu, that there's drips and drops of Kedusha that descend into the realm of normal, functional, day-to-day experience, because there is no unbridled gush of infinite light, but the parts of Hazmanim, the specific times of Yom Tovim, is going to be Aruva Sashamayim Niftahu, that the gates of heaven are going to be open and there's going to be an inundation of light. So you have this parts of Hazmanim of special occasions, events where the light descends from on high unbridled, it flushes down, it floods everything. And then you're going to have the regular day-to-day experience, the psychotheology of everyday life, which is going to be tipin tipin, which is going to be drips and drops. So theoretically, we would assume that parts of Hazmanim, that the Yom Tovim, the special events on the calendar, which express themselves in the floodgates opening and the world being inundated with light, would be higher than parts of Hayamim. It would be higher than the day-to-day, everydayness of experience where it's just tipin tipin. But there's a mashmaus in the Rashash, as well as Rukhaim Vital and Shar Kavanos, that the MS, the parts of Hayamim, which is the regular day-to-day experiences of tipin tipin, of drip drop of spirituality, as opposed to a floodgate opening up, that that in truth holds a higher level. And the riot to this is that Shabbos Kodesh is higher than all Yom Tovim. We know that Shabbos Kodesh is Kedusha versus Simcha, which is rooted in Yom Tif, and Kedusha is in Chachma, Simcha is in Bina, Memela Shabbos Kodesh, which is Kviya Vakaima, which is rooted far beyond the human rationale or calculation, stands in the highest place above and beyond the Yom Tovim. So it seems that that the Parts of Hayamim, the weekday, and Shabbos, which is just tipin tipin, which is just drip drop of, uh, of Kedusha, is of a higher status than Aruva Sashamayim Niftachu, which is the floodgates opening up and the world being inundated with, with light. So this is what the Rebbe is going on. So he says, Ubiyar Marenu, the Rebbe explains, even though that at first glance it appears that the Yomim Tovim and the special calendar dates of the world being flooded with light appear to be higher. We know that Shabbos Kodesh is higher than the Yomim Tovim. And one of the ways of understanding this apparent uh, flipping of sorts, or this apparent contradistinction to what we would have assumed is as follows. Why is there a maila to the shefa? There's a benefit to the shefa that comes down drip by drip by drip by drip, each and every drop being a separate, individualized, fractalized drop which is more powerful and more beneficial than an inundation of the floodwaters of that light coming down. Why is that? When the shefa is yoyred tipin tipin, when it comes down drip by drip by drip by drip, rooted in the everydayness of experience, the perpetual renewal of these drips, where one drip and one drop of light is separate than the other drop of light, points to the fact that there is a perpetual renewal of the light. That one drop of hasaga, another drop of hasaga, another drop of hasaga. There's more and more grasp each and every moment. And this drip 
drip drop of the light, which represents the perpetual hischadshas that comes down one drop after another, one point after another, one prat after another prat, as opposed to the klal, which is everything at once. It points to the tainu, to the pleasure that emerges from what? From the tnuah hischadshas, from the movement of renewal, which allows things to change. This is the bechina of the mitzvah of Oinig Shabbos, which is rooted in the parts of Hayomim, shemis eingim al Hashem yisparach b'Shabbos, mimaisa yodav shalbriyas b'sheishis mebereishis, this is exactly the light of Shabbos, which is higher than the light of the Yom Tovim, because Shabbos, like the Archaim HaKadosh says, and the Balatanya points out, in Lukutei Torah with regards to Rosh Hashanah as well, that every Shabbos is the end of existence and a renewal of existence. The end of existence and the renewal of existence. Pointing to the fact that really HaKadosh Baruch Hu only created the world for seven for six days. And L'Chayra, there wasn't any chayas, there wasn't enough vitality for it to continue. Elamai. El Shabbos is the Hizchadshus and it points to the fact that it's drip drop. And even though it's particularized in relationship to the whole, nevertheless the particularization of the drops points to the fact that there's a perpetual renewal. This is the elevated status of time itself, which is rooted in the parts of Hayamim, in the separate nature of the seven days of the week, as opposed to the inundation of water rooted in the specific celebratory times. What is the Maila of Zman? What could possibly be good about Zman and separation? Because Zman has a Chalukah Shel Gimotipen, because time is always broken up into a triparate breakdown of past, present, and future. The gimel tipen, these three points of time, these three drops of time, that which was, that which is, and that which will be. The transition from that which was into that which is, and hoping towards that which will be, is what perpetually renews our encounter with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as opposed to something that was perpetually the same. Masha'in Kain, which is not the case when it comes to the Shefa Hayyarid Ba'ifin Shal Riboy or Shain Kalim Kulkach Lachatain Makablo. This is not the case when we talk about the inundation of light that descends in Aruva Sashamayim Niftahu in the times where it's Yamim Tovim or in the parts of Asmanim, because at that point there's no Kalim to receive it. There's no Hishadshus. Ba'ifin Shal Tnuva Vishadshus Shal Hasada Ahriya Sada. There's no point after point after point after point, distortion and distinction creating the benefit of each moment being renewed. In this sense, there's going to be a deficiency to the Tainut. Because when it comes to the Or HaPashut, when it comes to this simple light that descends and inundates the world, at that point we say Tainuk to me, the Eino Tainuk. There's no Tainuk there because it's perpetual Tainuk. It doesn't have the pleasure of the distortion and the distinction between each point. That's going to be the same case when there's an inundation of the light of chesed, it negates the pleasure, like we find in the Shulchan Aruch, that on Yantif, there's no chiyav of oinek. There's no chiyav of pleasure, because the entire concept of Yantif is mafkia, the concept of pleasure, which comes about by dint of the perpetual change in time. That's only shayach to the, to the dead calendar, which is the seven days of the week, or the six days of the week in Shabbos. And the Rebbe continues, and he continues, and he says, "This is why the Hizbir b'zegamkein madi isa b'tzadikim shat tzadikim srichim lenoyach lahapsik biyichudim hagavoyim shaosim ben yichud biyichud." That the tzadikim do not maintain a perpetual state of unity in their minds, but rather they have a rest, they have a breakage in between each and every moment and encounter with unity, as it's written in the Arizal that it's impossible for a person to hold themselves in dvekus for more than three hours at a time, and a person has to maintain a, set, a certain type of 
resting position in order to be mitzchadish shod, in order to descend down into the particularization of tipin tipin in order to ascend back upwards afterwards. And this is what's written in Rabbeinu Zal in the Kutta Maharan, that in this world, it's impossible for a person to maintain dveikus and connectivity without any breakage, because in that point, we would be mevatel the dveikus completely, and therefore a person needs to descend in order to rest and renew themselves once again with dveikus. Because if we didn't have that breakage, if we didn't have that separation, which is obviously rooted in time awareness and the constriction of this world experience, that's the very thing that allows us to return back, or that allows us to enter back into the light of into the light of Pashtas with the Tnuahas And the Rebbe continues, and I don't want to read so much more in this, but I want to just paraphrase a little bit of what the Rebbe is going to say. The Rebbe is going to say that what's going to be now when there's no longer going to be any descent away, like we spoke about before. There's not going to be any more distortion that's going to prevent us from living in that perpetual state of unity. So what's going to come of the Tainuk? And Zakhtar Rebbe as follows, that even though that Rizal writes in the beginning of Eitz Chaim, that in the future, that at the end of creation, HaKadosh Baruch was going to negate the Tzimtzum and return everything back to an Or Pashat as it was before creation, which theoretically would remove the capacity of change and perpetual renewal. And things are theoretically going to revert back to that fullness of light that's subsumed and saturated the entire vacant space Nevertheless, as the Tzaddikim tell us, the worlds themselves are not going to be completely negated. The benefit that comes from Simpson is still going to be around. What's going to be removed is the negation concealed within Simpson, but the inspiration of perpetual renewal that comes about through concealment, that's going to remain. And that residual light of the symptom is going to be the engine, the incubator that perpetually drives us towards perpetual renewal within the infinite light that is unchanging. And this is the additional adornment that the Rebbe talks about so often. This is the additional adornment that we bring about within the simplicity of light through the tzimtzum and the creation of the worlds, because through the tzimtzum and the creation, that this is how we're going to create the perpetual renewal of light within the unchanging light, which is a paradox in terms. And the tzaddik, as we've seen before, he explains this level of this paradox of change within the unchanging and unchangeability within change, that this is going to be described as what? As shalem v'chatzi, as whole and half at once. Hainu sha'afshi is k'bnei Yisrael l'dargas ha-shalem, that even though we're going to be zeichet to the shlemus of the bitulat simsum, and it's going to be the or pashat, like the aruvas ha-shamayim niftechu, like the parts of azmanim of the yamim toivim, t'veikas b'ashem yisbarach l'alei hafsik, it's going to be a connection to HaKadosh Baruch without any breakage. Mikol makom, nevertheless, yishar etzla maile sachatzi, we're still going to maintain the benefit of being only a half. And this is what it means when we say that the tzaddikim in lahem menucha ba'elam hazeva in lahem menucha ba'elam haba. The Rebbe ends with something incredible. He says, what's going to be with the Batim Midrashim? 
we know that we build beautiful shuls, we build beautiful batim adrashim and in gullus, but what's going to happen, Lasad Lavos? So we know the Medrash tells us that all the batim adrashim and the batim knesios are going to come to Yerushalayim, but the kasha is what tachlis is there going to be for other shuls if we're going to be in the Beis HaMikdash? So Zap the Rebbe that he heard in the name of Svimayr Zilberberg, who heard in the name of one of the Mashbiyim in Ardorenu, doesn't say exactly who. <coughs> Azoi. He says that in the Beis HaMikdash, the Oyres of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Nevu are going to be so ever-present that it's going to be in the Bechina of Tainuk Tmidi Eino Tainuk, that there's going to be perpetual pleasure, which negates the renewal of pleasure, which we already saw we don't want to do. We don't want to just be in the Shalim without the Chatsi. We don't want to be whole without holding on to our brokenness. So Zat Rebbe, he says that all of the Bata Midrashim, all of the Bata Knisios of Gullus are going to be affixed to the outer circuit of the Beis HaMikdash, and there's a Medr that implies this, they're going to become like the coat rooms of the Beis HaMikdash. So when a person is in the Beis HaMikdash and they're going to experience the Tainug of Giloi, whenever a person gets to a point where the Giloi is so great and they're at a darga of Tainug to me, the Eino Tainug, they're going to be able to go back into their base Knesses of Gullus, back into their Moichen of Gullus, back into the Moichen of how they served the Kaddish Baruch Hu in Gullus. They're going to experience the descent away from the unity of the Beis HaMikdash, even though it's still within the Tchum of the Beis HaMikdash. And then once they've experienced that Iride, they're going going to go back to the Beis HaMikdash to experience the Tainug once again. And in that way, a person can experience the Tznuas HaEzchadshus, the perpetual movement and change, which is associated with the concealment of Gullus, within the Beis HaMikdash itself to allow us to renew that pleasure, renew that joy. And this is the Ikar. The Ikar Avoida is to recognize that even when we fall away and descend away from unity, even when we fall away and descend away from the Taina Kaposhet of Aruva Sashayim Niftachu, which is Shaykh to the parts of Asmanim, nevertheless, we can still find ourselves within the realm of unity. That the descent away from unity, finding ourselves in the broken halves of experience, finding ourselves in the Tzimtzum, is not the Hepach from the Yichud, it's the incubator of Yichud. And when a person learns to look at their lives like this, instead of seeing the world as split into two, yichud and not yichud, we can now look at yichud, and then when we're in a situation of non-yichud, it's simply a preparation to enjoy the light of yichud even more, so our entire lives now become part and parcel of the experience of yichud, Ezra Sashem.